Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Coffee Talk with Soy, your new morning show where real talk happens every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Good morning, good morning. How y'all doing? How y'all doing in the cafe? Are you ready for some hot and steamy conversation this morning? What you drinking on? What you sipping on? Carmel Macchiato? That's my favorite beverage right there. That's how I get my day started. Hot and steamy. My mother and I had a fantastic relationship. This, this is Stephen, and I just wanted to share. You should always be in a place where you're celebrated. Life is too short to stay somewhere and tolerate. If you cannot help a person, don't hurt them, especially with them. Stories just hold essences that bring out the best in other people. Something that touches other people, and that's what your show does. It doesn't. It's not just conversation as you started. It actually has a purpose. Focus, 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 focus,
bread and make it look good. Catching you with tracks for the rest. Why you listen from the back? Show a nigga come a man who I hold you. He's a stranger walking and put their hands on you like they told you. Ain't no girl ever spoke to me who made it you do. Plus the fact that you ain't with a chew. Six levels of love, independent of a hang with a crew. So your reflection, I see my eyes blaze at you. And of course, I'm keeping real. Without a question, girl, you keep me guessing. Upon the moment I touched you. Oh, wow. I feel touched right now. <laughs> I feel touched. I feel something special right now. <laughs> and I know you feel the same. Let me see some likes for those on Facebook. You feel touched right now by this go go musician. Show me some likes. Show me some hearts. Okay. Page. That is Frank Sirius, y'all. Frank Sirius, he is a native Washingtonian. And uh, that sexy sound that you heard, he is one of the lead singers from the same-based trend-setting missing band. He's pinned also the go-go, the go-go, the go-go, the godson of go-go. Y'all got to get that, right? The godson of, of go-go. And he's going to explain where that came from in a few minutes. But this motivating man is doing some amazing things in our community and the music industry. So let's welcome to the cafe studio today, Frank. Hello. Serious. What's up, baby? Good morning. I'm so happy to be here. So happy to finally get to do this with you. Ah, ah. Yes, yes. Yeah, well, I'm thankful for this opportunity. And this is going to be an amazing show. I feel like after this conversation, this intimate conversation that we're going to have. People want to know a little bit more about you, and they don't feel connected to CC. You think we can get that done? I hope so. I hope so. As an ambassador of music, I like to feel like, you know, spreading love and making friendly people win. So it's part of the joy. It's part of the job. Now, for those who are listening, may not be Washingtonians and may not have the love of Gurgle as we do, let's share with them where that name, Godfrey Gurgle, came from. Who birthed that? Um, it's kind of a combination of who birthed it. Uh, a guy, a friend of mine I work with uh, a lot, you know, we write songs together, um, who shows a lot. He kind of, uh, kind of put it in the air. And then, uh, Chuck by himself, that's a call with Godson. So, once he said, once Godfather says, it's a time to do You know Chuck Brown is the, uh, he's the inventor, the creator of our music. So, you know, appropriately, he's called the Godfather. So, he says, I'm going to go with it.
you know what I mean? He's been gone, you know, passed away six years ago. So it's, it's an incredibly uh, humble and moving experience. Do you remember your last conversation with him before he passed? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, he always said, son, <laughs> keep the music going, son, you know. So um, but that was when he was alive in the world. That was, uh, we were at nightclub, and uh, that was my first time actually on stage with him. And uh, we got the chance to talk in the back. You know, it was, uh, you know, you in one of those moments where you kind of hear somebody talking, but you don't really understand what they're saying. Like, you're in the moment. And it's almost like I remember what he said, but he said, I was so hard. Like, I'm sitting out with Chuck Brown. He's actually schooling me on what to do, you know, in the future. And so I was kind of caught up in that moment, not really listening to every single word, like, you know, I was in awe, you know what I mean? I was kind of starstruck, so, and I had met him before, but I actually sit down and actually realize what was happening. Like, it's almost like a passing on the torch, you know what I mean? So, I had to take a minute, like, okay, listen to what he's saying. Really take heed, take heed to the instruction. But uh, other than that, you know, just getting to know him, getting to meet him, um, always so positive. And, you know, he loved his family, loved people, so I try to no, not necessarily emulated, but live up to like the expectations of what it takes to be an artist. You know what I mean? People have, yeah, people love the fact the same way you love them. Uh, I think that goes a long way outside of the artistry, outside of the commitment to the talent. It goes a long way just being a people person and making sure you know people are coming to see. You know what I mean? And you have to be, you got to reciprocate that love and say, okay, what's your name? Shake a hand, give a hug. He never, ever, ever shot away and give a hug. I think that's the one thing I learned from. You know what? You, you know what? You are. I, I see that. And I saw that in you when we first met. Because that's, that's what you did for me. Oh, you yeah? When we first met, yeah, it was a lot of ways to be this man. And my um, best friend was interested. Uh, well, she is, is, uh, is a fan of the group. And she likes the music. And she invited me to go when I was home one time. And we were there, and um, we had this small talk and talk about you, but I ain't going to say that on the air. I'll tell you about that later. Yeah. So <laughs> I was challenged to go up there and speak to you. So, you know, I, I got to represent talking about the toys. I mean, you want to show. So I had to represent the brand. So I said, let me go talk to you. And then when I came up with the line, and I admired how you was acknowledging people waiting. And it was, it was a guy, and he was leaning on. And you know how sometimes y'all get in line, sometimes if you want the people to know you waiting. So he made eye contact with me and kind of reached out, you know, my hand like, I'm ready to see you, you know, kind of thing. Or, you know, you want to store somebody's like, I need help. And uh, they sit there like they don't see you and, and not say, I'll be with you in a minute. Thanks for waiting. So that customer service that they saw me was, um, I knew that then we were going to have a conversation. But I also want to say that I believe the conversation you had with Chuck is going to continue to unfold. Mm-hmm. When you were talking about kind of, being in the crowd and being in that odd moment, I think as you progress in life and, and follow your dreams and get to where you're going, things are going to be dropping into your mind. Yeah. That conversation is going to be more vivid and vivid. And that's exciting to know that there's more to come. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it happens now, like, you know, being on stage, um, you know, performing this music, uh, I sometimes get, you know, not, not messages from them, but I sometimes get like, oh, okay, like this is what he's talking about, this is what he means. Say this, or you know, it just kind of it kind of gives you an eerie feeling of, you know, this is this is what it's about. You know what I mean? You start to see it unfold real time, 
and you know you can you can you can imagine it all you want, but when you see all kinds of people, you know, we were in New Orleans one time, you see white people, you see black people, you see Asian people, you see Hispanics, like you see everybody jamming to Chuck Brown's music and singing the words, and that's kind of like uh, you know it's kind of nostalgic for me because. I'm up there singing a song, and I'm supposed to perform it like the artist. But I'm more amazed at people that don't look like me, you know, and, the, the, you know, the, the, the thing is that D.C. music, I go with the D.C.-based music, and that's true, but it has reached, uh, you know, far across all kinds of platforms and, and uh, demographics throughout the years, and to see people singing music with, uh, you know, tribute. Do you think that there is a great future for Gogo? You mentioned seeing people outside of that, your community, your race, mm-hmm. and embrace the music. How do you see it going moving forward? Um, I mean, as long as people keep using it and keep singing it, keep playing it, uh, I've seen uh, countless artists. You know, there are a lot of musicians across the, the nation, across the country, that uh, that admire it. You know what I mean? For so, uh, you know, for the swing of it, because you can't just play it like you can't just be from somewhere else and just think you're gonna pick up some drumsticks and get that go-go swing. You know what I mean? So for for artists, I think they're more intrigued by the energy, by by the, the rhythms. You know what I mean? They're more intrigued by the sound than anything. And then uh, once you get it, once you experience it live, you fall in love with it. You know what I mean? So. It's different than listening to it on a CD or a tape or something like that. Yeah. I'm showing my age, I'm saying. <laughs> but uh, it's different than listening to it on a CD and then you go into a logo or a live logo and experience it. It's like, okay, this is what it, this is what it's about. And then, you know, I've had friends in the industry like, you know, Fantasia, that she's a good friend of mine. You know, when she heard it, I mean, I took her to a logo. I took her to uh, Murray Gomes one day. And this is when I wasn't playing with many places. And uh, I took her up there and she fell in love with it. Then she wanted to go again. So it's a conversation. We went up there and she had a ball. And the next thing you know, I, I'm at a show at Constitution Hall, and she uh, she busts out into a whole go like about 15 minutes. Wasn't playing a song, wasn't doing something in a real live pop. And uh, she called me up on stage, and we, you know, once I got up, I kind of took over. And she had to bring me back to get back into the concert. But you know, at that time, it turned to I was I thought I was in the black hole. <laughs> Thank you. 
long time to hone your craft. Came up to Eastern High School. I met some um, incredible gentlemen, uh, some young men, some young Crawley. And my friends, we all became best friends. We, you know, formed a group. It was called Smooth and Southern House. And we uh, went to Apollo a few times, changed the name, and listened. And then, uh, you know, we became a band. And we were the same group. Became a band. And uh, the rest is history. But, uh, you know, I, I played with some bands before that. Uh, I've been with some tribe. You know, I played with Third Dimension, filled in with a bunch of men. And so I've been in it so long that, you know, anybody in can tell you that if you're in, in something that long, you kind of, you know, you can kind of do it in your sleep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, Gogo has changed since I was a kid, but the foundation of it is still there. You know, I, I call myself a Gogo vet. So you you played in several bands. Do you remember about how many bands you've been in thus far? About six over years. And what what band gave you the the greatest challenge and was your greatest experience as a, quote, go-go musician? Uh, I would say, listen, Mm -hmm. had the greatest challenge because there wasn't a lane for what we did at the time. Um, you know, there were bands playing a lot of, you know, covers and, and playing well, you know, playing R&B style music. Um, I used to do covers. Uh, Southern Cross played a lot of jazz, pocket, uh, you know, pocket R&B. But for, for when this thing came out, you know, we were playing a lot of R&B, about, like the record kind of songs, you know what I mean? And so when we first started the conversation, it was us. It was more people on stage than it was the crowd. And we just stayed with it, um, and people started liking it being able to hear songs like they were on the radio. And we weren't going to go until probably the last 15 minutes of the show. As we uh, grew at Tacoma Station, we started to play more and more go-go. And, uh, so that was, I think that was the biggest challenge, uh, kind of finding your way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then over those four years, we became, you know, one of the biggest fans in the city. And, uh, you know, had sell-out shows. And we were averaging probably 800 to 1,000 people, you know, every show. Four five times a week. So, oh wow! You know, good time. So what what happened to that thing? Uh, we uh had some differences of opinion uh in direction. I seen a lot of bands break up over money, over women. You know, things of that nature. But listen, it was uh, it was more of a direction thing. We had some in the band that wanted to uh, aspire or try to be like some national kind of artist. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. we were trying to travel. I never forget one. Main arguments we had was we wanted to go to LA. We had an invitation to come to LA for mm-hmm. All Star Weekend um, that we here with. And uh, we wanted to go out there for All Star Weekend. We had an opportunity to play in front of, you know, whoever, uh, just in LA on that weekend. And it wasn't paid gig, but it was, you know, it was going to pay for us to get out there. And it's a lot that to, to you know, 12, 13 guys out there wow. perform. Yeah. But if we, were, if we were going to do it, we were going to miss our Friday and Saturday gigs here. Mm-hmm. And at the time, you know, we were charging, you know, 6000 7000 bucks for a show. So, you know, we we doing this full time. And I understand now what some of the other band, band members meant. But if you're doing this full time and you're leaving $13,000 on the table to go out here and play for free, that's not something that you, you know, mm-hmm. you're not looking to do. But for me, I always looked at what I thought was the bigger picture, you know what I mean? So 
I wanted to get out to LA to perform in front of people that I hadn't seen before, people that hadn't seen me before. So, you know, it was a difference of opinion. And that kind of argument kind of lasted and kind of exacerbated everything and made everything worse. And, uh, you know, tensions flared up, and then we just said, you know, call it quits. In the height of our run, actually, it was, you know, I don't know if I've ever seen it. I out here, a band fall or split up at the height of, you know, making so much money. Uh, we killed uh, them. Not so you know how we all got our money. We can find yeah. about our money. So for some people a check wasn't being cut. How did that uh, so did you hear you guys fall apart over the with the direction of how did y'all come full circle to solve that so you saying that it wasn't the place right now? Oh yeah, we uh, I mean we actually gave it another shot. We came back together and uh, a couple years later and uh, you know, played, had a good time. Um I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we, we were brothers, you know what I mean, and sisters. So, you know, brothers and sisters fight, they go through things. And at the end of the day, you realize that it's not all worth it. You know, life's too short to help the whole brothers and do things that, that really don't mean nothing at the end of the day. Like, this is music, you know what I mean, it's something we love yeah. to do. But at the end of the day, we, you know, we got relationships and our music. Like, we stay at my house, my mom coaching for son, you know what I mean, yeah. that kind of thing. So, uh, I think that as a way of bringing people together at uh, bad times. And when uh, one of the other leads sang with the band, his mom passed away from cancer. And, you know, it was in the time we were speaking. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we were like, man, I can't miss a thing. Like, she we stayed in someone's house. She's put this breakfast. You know, she's came to all our shows. She's helped us fight at Apollo. We got a big melon in there. So, and we, uh, we walked into a film and uh, they kind of, you know, we, we kind of hugged. That kind of brought in full circle. I don't know. I don't even jump at this thing. But, uh, you know, just make it, make it. You know, having things like that happen, it was her last, I think, kind of her last, with mom's last thing she accomplished before, you know, she was uh, buried. And, uh, you know, she got us back together. And now we just, that was best friends. You know, we don't play music together. We still have game night. You know, Johnny comes home from Atlanta. We all get together. Right now, I'm managing. And you get these gigs? Yeah. yeah. I mean, 
Hold you, baby. When I look into 